week's episode of Racing Only Better. This is our 200th episode of the show. It's an anniversary episode. And I think I may have promised that there might have been something exciting up our sleeve for our 200th episode, but I haven't got anything. Barry, the boss man, has not delivered anything exciting. So instead, we've just got a bumper two days of action to get through uh, on ITV Friday and Saturday. And it's something for everyone, lads. We've got the Dewhurst, we've got the Phillies Mile, loads of two-year-old races, jump racing's back, big field handicaps. It's all kicking off, Dan Barber. How are you feeling about it? Hey, so you said Barry hasn't brought us a present, but he did himself, the cell phone of the year. He brought up a, treat, a tweet from two years ago where he managed to get Kiprios beaten in the Zetland, despite the fact he's the best horse in training. Yes, I did see that. If anyone's missed this, please Making do Making me on. feel better anyway. A real calm sort of washed over me. I thought, whatever happens, at least I can't We've get We've got a time form on. revelation here. Apparently Kiprios is better than Baid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... that trip is. <laughs> I'm pleased you said that, Dan, because I read that tweet on Betfair Barry's Twitter handle. Go and have a look at it. I thought, yes, even the best of us can get it wrong sometimes. Uh, Kevin, how are you? Where are you today? You look different location again, but you've got yourself out of the toilet, which is where you were last time we checked in. <laughs> I'm in the Bedford, the Bedford Lodge in Newmarket, Vanessa. Just arrived in Newmarket this morning, um, ITV for the next couple of days. Um, got to, to fulfill a lifetime ambition and go down to a heat house there a couple of hours ago. So I'm in fantastic form. And as the man who's appeared on more episodes of Racing Only Better than anyone else, I feel uh, delighted to be on the 200th episode. Oh, look at that. I think, I think, I think, I've, only missed, I think I've only missed about two. Brilliant. <laughs> that is enthusiasm and passion for the game. Even Barry has put a round of applause up there. Can I write uh, a book Tony? on some of the places you've um, you've recorded as well? Yeah, oh, favourite places. Yeah, yeah. Where's Wally? Where, where is the Wally? <laughs> uh, Tony, you've joined pretty much every episode, haven't you? In fact, have you missed one? He's no, missed no. loads. He's off, off on, his, on his summer holidays. There I'll take five months off in my career. <laughs> it's like the flight line of podcasting. He disappears for months and then comes back with a massive effort. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about... Um, I don't know about racing's, Blake's racing for Sora for Christmas, but yeah... You can <laughs> tour of the dogging sites on racing only. <laughs> could, uh, could be a par for the course. Please, yeah, please. Many car, the car parks of Great Britain and Ireland. <laughs> and it's been beautiful viewing. Beautiful viewing, Kevin. This concise show is going well anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 200 right. lads let's milk it yeah let's milk it with the, i think there's 17 races on itv over friday and saturday but listeners will be pleased to know that we are not going to rattle through all 17 instead we're going to give concise and informative opinions just where we have them so we're going to kick off with the 150 new market on friday it's the cornwall estates it's the group three it's over the five furlongs uh, Kevin Blake, you can start us off, please. Prince of Pillow is currently the favourite at eleven to eight. Crispy Cat next best seven to two. Take it away. Yeah, Prince of Pillow is probably going to take a fair amount of whacking. Um, thought he was impressive at air last time. Um, I'd say the ground just wasn't for him at Doncaster. Um, and he didn't run that bad. Like it was only just behind Crispy Cat. Um, but I don't think the ground was for him that day. Got back on a sounder surface at air. 
uh, was very, very strong late on. But look, he's priced accordingly. If that type of price is fine for you, um, that's fine for me. Uh, if you're looking for an each way alternative, um, Rogue Spirit is the one I'd stick up. Um, I thought he was impressive. Dropped back to the five last time at Haydock. Um, having run okay over six a couple of times, he, he really he looks all speed to me. Uh, and getting back to the five was a big help to him. Very strong in the final of Furlong. Um, typical Dark Angel. He's kind of just improved and improved. And that was a career best last time. So that's that's the way I look at it, Vanessa. If you're happy for a win only at a, at a reasonably sharp price, um, Prince of Pillow is probably going to go and do it. But if you fancied an each way alternative, uh, Rogue Spirit would be the one. Lovely. Rogue spirit, spirit for Tom Clover, having a good time with his two-year-olds. Got a big day on Saturday as well. He takes Seeking Gold over to France to win the Group 2 over there. So a bit of a decent weekend for Tom Clover with the two-year-olds. Tony, your view in this? Do you have a strong one? Uh, no, no real rate. If I was going to have a bet, maybe. I thought Rumstar was a little bit overpriced at 16. It's good fourth at Kempton last time. I think the back, uh, step down to five will suit, but uh, I'm not going to have a bet myself. But Rumstar at 16 made some appeal. Some appeal. Okay, well, 16 is nice, tasty price. Uh, let's move on to the Oso Sharp Stakes, the Group 3 over the seven furlongs for the two-year-olds. And again, Tom Clover, Crystallium is up at the top of the market at 7-2. to two. This filly who's been a bit of a revelation, well, not, not a revelation, but she's was relatively cheaply purchased by Expert Eye, and she's two from two at the moment, Dan. Um, she's seven to two at the top of the market. Rage of Bambi next best at 15 to four. Lose yourself five to one. Uh, where did the pin land for you in the Oso Sharp? Oh, I have been impressed with Cristelli. I'm starting from the day at Chelmsford when there was plenty of money for her and they knew what they had. But I, I do think Rage of Bambi's got the best form. And I was really impressed with how she went through the race at Newmarket last time. Um, in that rock fell because we know commissioning will get discussed in, in dispatches regarding the Phillies mile because she's short for that. But I thought rage of Bambi went through that race, like the clear second best horse. I don't think she went like through it, like the best horse, but she tanked up, tanked along up with the pace, went twos on him running, showed loads of ability. She showed loads of ability in winning her first two starts. And I thought she's done enough to make her a worthy favorite in this race rather than second favorite. And, they're drawn next to each other. So um, there'll be a bit of tactical argy-bargying probably, but I, I was really impressed with how Rage of Bambi went through the race last time. Okay, Rage of Bambi bringing in the better level of form. Kevin, would you agree with, with Dan? No. Um, Ooh, and, controversial, make your case. And look, Vanessa, if, if you had one shot, one opportunity, to seize everything <laughs> you ever wanted. I'd lose moment, myself. Would you capture it or just let it slip? I don't fancy you lose yourself, actually, but I just wanted to reel that off. <laughs> Very <laughs> good. Very good. Eminem on the Race and Only Better podcast, who would have thought? Um, Crystallium is the one I like. I know you like her, Vanessa. And um, yeah, I do. I like this feeling now. I liked her first time. I liked her more last time. Um, that was a strong performance on the clock last time. You know, stamped her as a proper stakes filly in the making. Um, God, the, the, the eventual runner-up made her work it now and she just she she traveled well into the race but she was just a shade flat footed two furlongs out but really ground down the eventual runner up and was well on top of the line and i, I like her now I, I think she could be quite smart and um this isn't a soft touch of a race by any means but um i do like crystallium and i'm going to go with her i'd give a quick word for small oasis michael grassick coming over from ireland um very impressive with the car the last day i just would worry about better ground for her 
Um, I'd say she's got a filly that law was like an ease in the ground. So that's the that's the the note of concern I would give there for all uh, aggressive as she was. Just just one thing about the ground. It is good ground and drying ground, but uh, Pross has got his watering can out. Watering, isn't he? Yeah, I was surprised. They've literally BHA site. We're recording this uh, on Thursday afternoon. They've literally just gone on the BHA website and say they put five mil on on Wednesday stroke Thursday. Whether that's five mil both days, we soon find out. But there's a little bit of rain forecast. um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who who follows the July course at Newmarket, you know, they're not. They're not shy of overwatering Newmarket, so be to track the times on uh, on on Friday uh, for Newmarket. Interesting, interesting. Well, Tony, let's stick with you for the challenge stakes, which is next up, the three o'clock at Newmarket over the seven furlongs, the Group Two Sacred at the top of the market, five to four currently, but Pogo in there, eleven to four, Purple Pay seven to one, Oscula, she always tends to run a decent race, ten to one. Um, this is a fascinating little contest, but of course, Sacred. Going to be hard to beat, and the betting is suggesting so at five to four. Yeah, um, I'll keep this brief. I mean, I think Sacred is is a bit of a victim uh, of the recency bias when it comes to the betting. She she, she surely shouldn't be uh, as short as she is. I think she's five to four. I think she's only 11 to eight on the exchange. If you ask me whether I want to play her at 11 to eight or lay her at eight to uh, eight and have the field run for me eight to 11, I'd have the field all day long. Um, she's on a par ratings wise with Pogo. Uh, there's a load of other horses in here within, you know, four or five pounds of her. Uh, the one I like, if I knew all eight were going to go, and I'll probably uh, back him when the um, uh, when the exchange each way market uh, comes up on site. Um, Misty Gray is twenty five to one with the sports book. Oh. I, I think that's overpriced. Um, what this horse needs is seven furlongs from good ground. I thought she, uh, I thought he ran really well behind King Ross on ground too soft at Donny last time. Comes back to the form of that earlier second to double or bubble at Goodwood in exactly these conditions if they don't overwater. Uh, yeah, Misty Grey, 25 to one each way, um, but I'm going to wait until I have the safety net of the exchange each way market. Oh, the rank outsider. I like it. I like it a lot. That's why we have you on our 200th episode to bring us those big and prices. Because they get bigger as, as we go through the card. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> bloody hell. Uh, Dan, are you... Do you I'm, think... I'm feast in, of famine. That's what I am. Do you th- um, Well, do you think in the same way as Tony that Sacred is beatable? Do you like those angles or not? I'm not saying she isn't beatable, but I do think if the same Sacred turns up that obliterated that listed race. I'll beat against her own sex at Newby. She'll take an awful lot of beating. She was behind Pogo earlier in the campaign when they met Goodwood. I just don't think that was the same sacred. I thought we saw much more like the horse who'd won the Nell Gwyn and went through the Guineas like one of the better horses until not getting the trip. And I did think an ice on the cake to some extent was the fact that she's done it over this course and distance because we know it can be a pretty tricky place. Um, so, yeah, I was... I, I didn't... I didn't think there was loads wrong with five to four, and I wouldn't be surprised if she went off a bit shorter. Ooh. Oh, lordy. Ooh, heavy Ooh. difference of opinion. Heavy really difference. Is, yeah. Go on, then. Well, what Kevin, them, what, what, camp, what, what camp is Blake in? Um, I'm in Calvin's camp, actually. Yeah. Um, a scary, scary thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sacred. Yeah, like, like I just, it struck me listening to Connections um, after her win last time. We're kind of emphasizing like that she isn't straightforward and like they feel she needs to be in amongst traffic to keep interested. And you, you look at the draw and the way this race is like to play and she's drawn out near the wing and the main pace is the complete opposite side to her and you just get the feeling that kind of it, it just bounced 
beautifully for her last time and she showed us how good she is, which is very good when things go right. But if things don't go quite so well, um, like God, she was she was a long way behind Pogo the time before and Pogo um, might just be able to bounce back and get the job that. done this time. Yeah. Sorry, I've done that about five different times. It's just, uh, just low-hanging fruit. I can't resist it. Um, so juicy. Do and try and resist it in the in the future. <laughs> Do try. <laughs> ah, repetition humor. That's all I have. Um, yeah, so Pogo, I'm hoping to jump out and make all, basically. Um, Askula could go forward as well, but I think Pogo might just get... Um, the lead to himself. Um, he's never run a bad race um, on the Roly Mile track. Um, and yeah, I'm hopeful that uh, you'd, be, you'd be fairly disappointed if he's not stuck in the finish. If Sacred turns up at the best of her ability and beats him, so be it. But um, he's, uh, he's, he's rock solid. You um, make that joke again, I'll kick your low-hanging fruit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. some, some, some hanging lower than others, I suppose. There <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Sorry, sorry Buster Gonad, Blake. <laughs> 200th episode, and this is what uh, we've got down uh, to. Uh, Interesting. Toilet humour. Huh? Toilet humour. Um, Come on. Can we move on, maybe, to yeah. <laughs> to the Phillies' mile? Uh, the first group one we're going to talk about on this show. Uh, commissioning is currently four to seven, two from two, following on from the Rockfell win, taking on next best in the market, Bright Diamond at seven to one. Uh, Kevin, let's stick with you. Should there be such a difference in the in the prices here from the favourite to the rest of the field? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. They should be. They should be closer together. Um, Correct answer. Yeah, look, hard, hard not to be impressed with commissioning. I don't have a whole lot of stones to throw at her. Um, to be honest, um, she was impressive last time. She still looked raw. Um, you know, edge and edge and right, then left, strong at the finish. Um, very little to knock with her. But look, when they're four to seven, you have to be a bit tough, don't you? And you look back at that rock fell and. Jeez, there was there was a fair few disappointments in behind her, wasn't there? Um, the Phillies with the best form arguably didn't quite show up on the day, and that wasn't her fault. But it just does raise concerns as to whether she's fully entitled to be four to seven, because four to seven is short. Um, I'd love to see her win for her connections, and she might well do so. But I'll wish her the very best of luck at that price and uh, seek in each way alternative. We have that dead eight. They, they are the count closer market. This one, that's um, if you're going if you're going to punt each way. Um, but I do like Bright Diamond. Uh, we discussed her prior to her latest run at Goodwood. Um, I was fearful that that it might go wrong for her. Um, Fair Cross was my fancy on the day. Thought she might get the run of it in front. Julie transpired. Um, Bright Diamond blew the start. Um, made things really difficult for herself in a steadily run race. You know, broke cover a long way from home, but came home really well in the final furlong. Um, they'll surely go a more um, even or better pace here. And um, there's a few candidates to go forward. And look, you hope that with experience, she just gets a little bit sharper at the gates. Like she might have missed it by five or six lengths last time. You know, so there's lots of scope for her to do better here in that regard. And um, going up to a mile should be fine um, based on the way that uh, she finished off her race. There's plenty of pace in the page now, but um, she finished off her race in the manner of one that shouldn't mind an extra furlong. And look, as an each way, alternative to the fav it's a dirty fill 
guilty um, each way, sort of an alternative to an odds-on fav. But um, I can see her definitely stepping up on what we saw at Goodwood. And she might well step up enough to get, get heavily involved in the finish. Letting into her dead eye. Never a good... Come on. Never. I'm about to go Put on the balaclava before you go in that. When a TC's on your Early doors. <laughs> go on, Dan. You're, you were giving it the big thumbs up for Bright Diamond. At oh, yeah, I was. I was. I just wanted oh, to mention yeah. as well, because oh, yeah. OTC enjoyed it so much last time, that there is a semi-related contingency double in the offing, isn't there, oh. with commissioning and Rage of Bambi, the first and third from the Rockfell. And oh. there may be some impact on the mic. Rage of Bambi hacks up or something. I should probably go short to still commissioning. But I, I'm with Kev. I think she, she hasn't got the same level of form and maybe she's just not as good. But the market tells you everything you need to know. And it was a pretty stunning debut ultimately to win by that far. I just don't think she learnt a lot and she was still green next time. I think we'll see a more polished Bright diamond, no pun intended. Oh, I, that wasn't a pun intended. <laughs> Mine are normally far worse than that when I think about them. That wasn't so, intended. Was so low hanging. I didn't see the any without favourite market, but eight with three places is always the each way option. Yeah, bright, okay. I think bright diamond is about nine to four. I think Polly Pot's about four. Go on then, TC. Who do you fancy in the finish mile? Uh, big opinion. I thought. I thought Polly Pot was a little bit underestimated at double figure odds. Uh, but no, no really interest for a bit in this. All right. But you do have an interest in the 410 TC. So we'll stick with you for that at yeah. Newmarket on Friday. Where did you land there? Um, a 33 to one shot. Um, it was 50s earlier in the day. I'm not sure if it still is. But Berkshire Rebel, I thought, was really interesting. Now, this is quite a deep handicap, but... Berkshire Rebel started the season on a mark of 98 after a good fifth in the Zetland on this card last year. <coughs> uh, he was quite highly tried at the start of the season. Um, most notably went in the Chester Bars against the likes of Changing the Guard, New London, Savvy Victory. Um, didn't run too badly that day, um, but they gelded him um, prior to his last start. And I thought there was a fair bit of promise on his comeback run at Newbury last time. He was only beaten four and a half lengths. Finished off his race quite well, but the handicap had dropped him four pounds for it. Now he's he's you know he's he's now down to ten pound at the start of the season. Um, you know, on decent grounds, I, I think he I think a market at eighty eight underplays his talents. Not only on the Zetland form, but even the Chester Bars form. He only finished a half length behind Savvy Victory, who's now off levels, now rated one hundred and one. Uh, and obviously, we know what changing the guard did at Ascot. We obviously know what New London did in in the Ledger. Um, so, yeah, on the Zetland form and on the Chester form, uh, and after that run last time, the first run after being gelded, I think 33 to 1 is a massive price. And, uh, yeah, I've had a good go on him, and I think I think he's probably my bet of the weekend. Oh, a right 33 to 1 bet of the weekend. Wow, he. There's a three times bigger price one coming up. Oh, God, you're, keep, you're keeping the listeners engaged. I like it. Uh, look, there'll be many listeners who'll be very happy now because jump racing is back. After we have been telling everyone to just pipe down with the jump racing excitement, we now get to talk about a novice's hurdle, the Persian War novice's hurdle, 210 at Chepstow on Friday. Um, it's the first kind of semi-big jump racing meeting of the winter. A uh, good few 
Well, I was going to say a few well-known names going there. That's steady away. But quid pro quo <laughs> finds himself at the top of the market, seven to four for Dan Skelton, Harry Skelton. And if, you know, you've got new market watering and the jumps boys are praying for a bit of rain, it's currently good ground at Chepstow, but it's going to be quick enough. So it's basically like a summer jumps meeting, Dan Barber. Where did you land in the Persian War? It's actually good to firm on the chase course. Good yeah. to firm. Lovely. Chatting to Ollie Murphy last week, and he was saying he didn't think the fields would be up to much because they can't get enough water on to, no. to make the ground um, softer. I'm with a horse who's been doing some good work during the summer. Now, I appreciate Quibro Quo has got a lot of potential, but present encounter has got the best form. Um, I know it was Worcester, and it's those brush hurdles, and it can sort of you know skew the gap between him because he was... He was a better chaser, and maybe Worcester's hurdles enabled him to show a bit more of that chase form than conventional hurdles will. But he clocked an absolutely rapid time in winning at Bangor three starts back. Uh, it looked like an egg and spoon. He was long odds on, but the time was the time figure we clocked was was off the scale really. And he had the Worcester race won at basically every stage. He's very effective on top of the ground, and I think we saw last year with Camprond, and we've seen with other characters down the years in this that. It doesn't always go to the one with the most potential and the most exciting horse. It sometimes goes to the one that's just up and running and fit and in good nick. And yeah, he, he's a, he, he's normally races prominently or forces the pace, but Hughes just doesn't get into pace battles. He's too smart for that. And um, my concern is he get if something tries to engage him a fair way out, he's probably not the stoutest finisher this horse, but he does loads of good work on the bridle. And I just think he was overpriced on form compared to the potential of quid pro, pro quo. I'd say we're going to be unanimous here about a sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, certain, I mean, I'm certainly a... in that camp. All present, and we'll all be counting the winnings at the end, won't we? Yeah, I mean, counting. Um, I don't like the Skelton favourite. Um, I like present counting, and there's already been money for present counting. He did open up five, and I think that's 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 uh, trimmed at least a point. I thought Deeper Blue was quite interesting as well. I think uh, talking about time figures, I think that posted a very good time. We were in an Exeter in March. Um, yeah, those will be my two against the field. But if you are betting each way in this race, just obviously with that with that ground, right. they have been watering at Chepstow, but with that ground, there'll be obviously there'll be all water, they'll all be walking the course beforehand. So if you are looking at the the, the dad eight and thinking, you know, present and counting Deeper Blue each way against the Fav. Maybe. It all, it only takes one of the say Nichols is to run badly in the first race or something, you know it can spread out. You know, well, I'm not I'm not running anymore. Or... Like it's yeah. you know, it's it's obviously going to be fairly quick there, isn't it? But... Only one thing to do, lads. Win only. Don't win mess only. about. Like Get in it. There. Present and counting. Win only. So Kevin, you're unanimous with that, yeah. Yeah, I just think like his official rating is much more robust than some of the less exposed ones. He he's rage and fit, um, you know. I, I I just think that that rating earned in handicap company is more robust. Loads of experience. There's going to be no mess, and this is going to be this is his big one, I'd say. Whereas the others are just a lot of most of the other ones are just at a starting point. Whereas this will be this will be his big day, I'd say, for the time being. So yeah, yeah, rock on, Donald McCain's are booming, kick on. But it is a fifty-four like so you think they'd be pretty strong. Right, but yeah, I take well that. four to one present and counting, and we've got three votes for him. So happy days. That's why you tune in to 200 episodes of Racing Any Better because occasionally all three of the lads agree. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's move, let's bounce across to York, guys. The autumn mile handicap, the 240 over, obviously, the mile. I hate it when I do that. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> 
Substantial is the 13 to 2 favourite for William Haggis. And why does he win, Kevin Blake? Because he loves York, Vanessa. He loves having winners at York. Thank you. He loves it. (laughs) There you go. Do do we have to expand on it? Because obviously, William Haggis loves winners at York. So we're done, yeah? Yeah, well, look, I'd certainly make a case for the horse anyway. Um, he, he ran in one of those claiming handicaps last time. And, like, he, he ran a massive race. Like, he was literally out of the picture there coming into the final furlong. He's flown home and just failed to get to get up on uh, Vaffertino, who won the, the Victoria Cup earlier in the season. And, look, he's got his low mileage. He's only had eight spins. Um, I'd say this track potentially could suit him a bit better than Goodwood. And yeah, I thought he'd like, look, you're hoping and praying that they go right gallop up front. That'll be a help to him. Um, but there's a fair chance they will. And yeah, substantial. Look, you can talk about his form ever. And else, but like you say, Vanessa, the pertinent point here is Willem Haggis. He just loves having winners here. So, but, you know, gets stuck in, loves it. I mean, terrific. And a 20 runner competitive handicap. And Kevin Blake's just landed on the favourite. Um, please, yeah, Dan, do, do, do you Vanessa, have something as, more as, as as a great man once said, don't complicate your mind. He loves having winners there, lads. Yeah, they're, they're not factoring that in. <laughs> Is that Roger Fell? Yeah. Do you love having winners at York too? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 200, and I'm tipping the Trinidad for the 200th time. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I maintain that he doesn't want silly small field races. He's been in a few of them. He ran off a £7 higher mark in this race last year when the heavens had opened. It was soft. And he was fourth, not beaten far by Chalet, who was red hot at the time. Basically, think he's been bubbling under. I'm not sure he's that genuine nowadays, but we've got extra places in this, I think, haven't we? And that's a, I can just, it's his track, it's his, it's his trip, and conditions are ideal for him. So this is proper last chance. As I said previously, he's not just last chance saloon. He's um, he's having, is it the locking or something? The massive afterpart. <laughs> <laughs> Trinidad for Dan Barber in this at a tasty 12 to 1. Can you beat that, Tony, in this race? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Uh, I've got the Roger theme. It's dashing Roger. So hopefully, at least Roger after this. No, um, <laughs> win only bet. Um, I think you, if you shop around and get 40s, it would be that price on the exchange. So given his profile. Uh, yeah, I thought dashing Roger, the handicap has given him a, a really big chance here. Um Last on his first two starts of the season, uh, when he started the campaign on 103, he's down to 93 now. They dropped him again after his run at Donny last time. And on the face of it, didn't uh, didn't run particularly well. Slowly away, was scrubbed along. Beards down a bit. That was his best run of the campaign. But when you can when you consider this horse, basically this time last year was rated 10 pound higher after winning at, at Ascot. Uh, I think his handicap to go quite well. The first time cheap pieces is incidental uh he's not from 10 with that the trainer with that angle but what did interest me that william stone uh he's only had five winners all, all year uh but he's had a he's had a recent winner uh he's also had a second of a 17 at leicester for the same owner actually um a couple of days ago so i think hopefully the stable coming into a bit of form allied to this horse's dropping handicap mark uh i thought 33 to 1 40 to 1 um is is the way to go. Win only though, because he's got obvious blowout potential. But uh, I think if he comes back to form, a big if, he is the best handicapped horse in the race. Dashing Roger. Dashing Roger. Jesus, did you say five winners this year? Is that what you William, just said? William, William Stone, yeah. Yeah. 
that is slow um let's move on to the 315 guys over the seven furlongs this is we're sticking at york this is um this is the ebf final um over not that one. pardon but not the one at sandown no no, not that one. Thank you, Dan. Helpful. Thank God. Uh, yeah, thank goodness. Uh, Streets of Gold, Kevin Blake. We're paying four places on this, an extra place. Streets of Gold is currently the favourite at 13-8 to eight for Eve Johnson-Horton. Been on this winning streak, four from four this season. One of Eve's sort of proper two-year-olds obviously come over, went over to the Curra, won over there, back again for another big pot now. Can he go in again? I'm sure he could, yeah, but I, I know I'm going to take him on, Vanessa. He's short enough, um, yeah. unbeaten. I don't know about that form of the Curra last time. Um, big old pot, but I don't know how deep it was. Um, I'd say the nursery form from the time before York is probably more solid. Um, if if you if that well, that's my view. Um, and I, I think should have been a ring. Um, his form has more depth to it and beat bolt action in a, in a listed race at Ripon um, penultimate start and last time um, beaten you could say fair and square in the middle of the reef but I'm not sure making the running was, was his cup of tea um, they've tried riding him a few different ways now and um, we might end up with a Goldilocks type of ride here Vanessa not too forward not too back just right yeah look I think there's more to come from him I think the extra furlong will be fine um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the weather and see what happens here this this might end up being the softest ground he's tackled and I, I don't think he wanted too, too much of an ease in it good ground would be per, would be preferred if he gave me the choice but um, yeah look at, at, the, at the two of them are, are standouts on form for me and um, should have been a ring his form is stronger and he's the bigger price so it makes it an easy one for me should have been a ring should have been a ring at seven to two Tony do you have a view in this one no no view for you. Shot. Okay, that, that's pretty straightforward. That's because we've got a bollocking from Barry about taking too long. Let's move on to the 350 at York over the mile six furlongs. This is the Heritage Handicap. And Dan, are we going in again with yeah. Post Impressionist? Yeah. I'm so, <laughs> so predictable. Like, honestly, I was looking through these races and I was like, oh, that's what Dan will tip. Correct. Yep. Like, of course he will. If we'd have done that race at Chepstow, which is also on ITV, he'd have definitely tipped the mighty Don as well. I was going to actually go with cloth cap in that, but um, Barry didn't put it on the running order, but we won't say anything about that. Um, uh, yeah, I am going with post impressionist. I've never advocated back in a horse at SP before, but based on the way he's drifted the last twice, it might not be a bad idea. Um, and he got remember he was in the he was in the race where the arc winning jockey Luke Morris was. Uh, riding that thing of Prescott's and he hung right across them and, and wiped post impressionist out on the rail. My is again, it's it's a final straw at which to clutch is a more galloping um test at the trip and a more galloping track at this trip because he's a bit of a slow but look back, it's still got that new that Newcastle farm is just singing at me again. <laughs> Who's second to the ledger winner? From a poor position. Yeah, but we're talking. We're talking months ago now. We're talking that this horse has let you down time. It's that long ago. It's that long ago. I think I had a recent winning nap at the time. <laughs> no, don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous, Dan. For goodness' sakes. 
No need to lie on the podcast. Uh, Post-impressionist for Dan. He's just so predictable. But Tony, you're always throwing in a little surprise. You're less predictable. Who do you fancy in this? So double cherry, 13 to 2, each way, four places uh, with a sports book is is very attractive bet here. Uh, Kevin mentioned the going. Uh, it's good, good to soft in places. Some reports suggest they could get up to about five or six mil. So maybe it'd be good to soft. The softer the better for double cherry. Um one in soft ground at Goodwood in the season, then given an absolute shocker by Crowley when six to Nathaniel <laughs> at uh, at Hayden. Well, he did. Um, <laughs> you don't all work on ITV and have to be all pally pally with all the jockeys and trainers, Blake. <laughs> Says the man who writes columns for jockeys and trainers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I tell you, I tell you what, Crowley yeah, but, was. It was he, Crowley he, was extremely upset with me at one point for my comments about him on ITV when I called him a barbarian. Or anyway, I don't think we should talk about people <laughs> anyway, being upset. Anyway, we've got to move on. To just your point, are you are you <laughs> goats right for eight jockeys? Now it's two. That that's very instructive. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, double cherry um, after the Haydock run. Um, was off, was was weak in the market. Was off for two months. Ran a really promising race at Ascot. Tipped him up last time. It and I was swearing at the TV. Got absolutely mullered in that post-impressionist race, and still got up to win by nose on the line. Uh, I think a two-pound rise for that is generous. Um, I don't know if handicappers can take into account them getting knocked sideways and nearly put on the floor and winning by nose and only getting put up two pounds. So. If the the more it rains, the more I'll be um, the more I'll be confident. But I think double cherry thirteen to two uh, with a sportsbook four places is quite good. I have I've actually backed him win only, but double cherry for me um, probably the second most confident bet of the weekend. Okay, double cherry for you. Post impressionist for Dan Barber. Uh, let's move on to Saturday. And before we do, don't forget that on Friday and Saturday, Betfair have a couple of offers for you. Obviously, you've got um, extra places in a few races, but also if you bet £10 on multiples, you get a free £10 bet on multiples on Saturday, Friday and Saturday with Betfair. So do get involved with that multiple angle. Let's move on to the Zeppelin Stakes, the Group 3 over the 10 furlongs, the 150 on Saturday now back down to new market and flying honors is up at the top of the market at five to four for william buick charlie appleby um just touched off when we last saw him kevin in what was a tactical royal lodge stakes i mean it that was a messy enough affair and now he's back to get back in the winner's enclosure can he do it um yeah, look, you can see the case for him bouncing back, Vanessa. It was a mess of a race. Um, this can be a mess of a race. Um, 10 furlongs for two-year-olds. The best horse doesn't always win, as Barry R found out a couple of years ago when he backed Kiprios in. I don't want to... Look, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he bounced back um, his previous run. His penultimate run was impressive. But I, I'm going to go with Dear My Friend. He's a horse I've liked um all along really um shade disappointing penultimate start but better at Deauville last time um I think um I did I did a stride analysis on him early, early in his career and like he, he he really moves like a horse that's going to be a proper middle distance horse um certainly next year so I think stepping up to 10 furlongs here is going to be fine um like the level of form he's shown at shorter, uh, I, I consider very promising. And look, I hope they just kind of roll forward, don't mess about too much with him, let him use his action. And um, yeah, I think he, he's, you know, he's 
if in each way bet is your cup of tea. This race has a nice shape to it, and uh, I'd be pretty disappointed if he isn't uh, rumbling away in the final furlong there and getting involved in the finish. Dear my friend, at six to one, uh, as an each way poke against, well, five to four favourite flying honours, Tony. Um, did you have a strong view in this race? No. Each no strong filled. view. So much each way filled. Oh, each dirty. way filled. Uh, what about you, Dan? Did you, where did you end up in this, dear definitely, my friend? Uh, definitely not strong, but I would give a fairly positive mention to Blanchland. Now he's head carried was a bit funny en route to winning at Newcastle, but he really poured it on late on, didn't he? That was a mile. He looked certain to be suited by a mile and a quarter. And that, I think the pedigree backs it up as well. There's middle distance horse on the damn side. He was my first port of call, but yeah, it's, it's tricky with Godolphin's horse seemingly being expected to be a lot better than he showed last time. Yeah, absolutely. Blanchland at about 10, well, at 10 to 1 as things stand at the moment. On to the autumn stakes. It's the group three over the mile at Newmarket. Um, and at the moment, we've got uh, Epictetus at two to one favourite, obviously just had that one win at Newmarket. We've only seen him once taking on Silver Knot, who's a lot more uh, experienced down at two to one, but obviously was just touched that, well, wasn't just touched off, sorry, was beaten fair and square by Chaldean in the Champagne Stakes at Doncaster. They never saw which way Chaldean went, and obviously we're going to see Chaldean reappear in the Dewhurst. So it's a very informative two-year-old weekend, specifically on the Colts front, as you would expect. But it makes this, I, I didn't know where to go in this race, had no strong view myself. Yeah, this is yep. sort of form boost heaven, isn't it? We're imminent for the for the next race. Yeah. Um, this sort of reminds me a bit of the Persian Wilder in a weird way, because I do think Holloway Boy's really hard to knock in terms of, the solidity of his form. Okay. And I, I just, just very quickly on that, I mate, mean, I, I don't normally bet or tip in that races. I was going to make an exception for Hollywell, Hollywood boy, when they sportsbook opened up and there's the same price on the exchange as well. Opened up at fives. Now that price has gone throughout Thursday and he's now into 16 to five. I think, and I think that still could underplay his chance, but Hollywood boy would have been a better fives clearly, but um, that uh, when that disappeared, so did my interest. Oh, sad times when that this is so harsh, Tony. When that disappeared, so did my interest. <laughs> <laughs> so brutal. Story, um, story of your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the ITV boys been having a, a little, little drink, little drinky poos wrap first. Because <laughs> you look a bit flush and you're talking a bit of bollocks today. <laughs> <laughs> just a bit, just a bit of bollocks. They definitely, had a, they definitely had a lunch form. with old Prescott. I'm, I'm in great form. Uh, Prescott, I might have one or two, I might have one or two later. Oh, dab on the side of him as well. You can lay out a fresh tin of baked beans, cold fire. That's his favourite, isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's not a drinker and so yeah it'll be a teetotal trip down there I would imagine the non-drinkers have got the best drinks cabinet they're always full but people <laughs> need to go and raid that's good logic. That is good logic, in fairness, Tony. Uh, let's talk about the Dewhurst, guys. I think this is one of the most interesting races. Well, it's the race I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Kind of goes without saying, but you've got Nostrum at six to four, taking on Naval Power at three to one, and Chaldean in the same colours 
uh, obviously as Nostrum being owned by Jubmont. Um, it's a fascinating renewal. Those are just the top three in the market as things stand. Like I say, Nostrum six to four, Dan. Um, oh, I can't wait for this, but I don't know which way it's going to go. You've got Isaac, I haven't even mentioned Isaac Shelby and he's a 10 to one shot, unbeaten too. There's just so many different angles in here. Where are you going? Uh, to Kev or Tony, because I think they've got a better view than I have. <laughs> um, I, haven't, I haven't got much of an opinion, but uh, I'm going to sound like Barry here. I'm racing you, uh, racing TV on uh, on Saturday morning. You can read Be- uh, Ryan more exclusively on betting.bet there. And um, <laughs> did a piece with him today. And um, he was very, very complimentary about Nostrum. Said he should be favourite. But he also said that they think Aesop's Fables is a lot better than he showed last time. Uh, I got the impression that you know, like he thinks Nostrum will take the world to beat him, but if one is going to put him up to it, it could be his Mount Aesop's Fables. But yeah, you can read that yourself on, uh, it normally goes up midday on Friday. And Kevin, where did you land in this then? I mean, you were as excited about it as I am. I mean, I Stan am. is obviously not uh, excited about it, but... No, I, I, I'm excited, but not bullish as such. Um, like the, okay. there's, a, there's a bunch of calls I really like here. Um, look, in terms of which one makes most appeal of the odds, um, I would make a little case for Marban um, for Charlie Fellows um, because you, you go back to his penultimate start and he's beaten Holloway Boy um, in quite good style with a bit to spare, which is exactly what um, Nostrum did. Um, and look, he's come over to Ireland last time. And I know I've spoken to Charlie Fellow since um, in, in in just in passing. And he's just he was so angry. But the way it panned out in terms of the, the they weren't going over um, on the promise of soft ground. And it ended up going soft and they felt it was just completely against them. And, and you can see that in the, in the way he moves and everything else. So they're getting him back on a sound surface here is going to be a big help and um, the market for me has kind of overreacted to that run um, and when you when you line himself a nostrums form up uh, with the obvious um, you know there's a, a, an obvious case that nostrums open to more improvement given he's less experienced but um, 20 to 1 versus um, whatever nostrum is 6 to 4 um, yeah I know it doesn't have quite as nice in each way shape to it but with the 7 runners but uh, Marban I could see him out running his price for sure Oh, be a very, I mean, you'd love to see him run well for Charlie Fellows. He hasn't had an ideal season. And then you saw how much the Goodwood win meant when Marban won to him. And, you know, things have been ticking along okay since, but you really kind of hope for him that this horse might be a proper one. So I'd, I'd love to see him run a big race, but 20 to 1, tasty enough price. Uh, let's move on to the Cesarich over the two oh. miles, two furlongs, five places as things stand at the moment. Might get more on the day if you're lucky, lads. Um, three in here for Willie Mullins, a Charles Burns horse, but at the top of the market, Oof. as we're talking right now, four to one, a horse with no name. Um, Ryan Moore booked in the saddle for Nicky Henderson. What do we know, TC? Um, we know he rode him last, uh, rode her last time out in York in May when she actually hacked up by five lengths from a dual subsequent winner. Gone up ten pounds, hasn't raced since. Some suggestions she may have had a little setback. Some suggestions that just been waiting uh, for you know for easier ground or better ground than he had over the summer. And some suggestions she just got put away because they thought she was so well handicapped she'd win it as she got here. Um, a lot of suggestions. So, yeah, so you know, pick, the, the bottom line is if she's here in the same form as she was at York in May, uh, then I think she'll take the world of beating. Uh, I actually don't think four to one, nine to two on the exchange is a very bad price. If she wins, I don't want to lose on the race. Um, so I'm going to have a saver on her. 
Um, I think that step up and trip is fine, and I think you know she's she's more than capable of winning off a mark of ninety six. I back Scaramanga and I tip Scaramanga in the week at twenty fives. She's uh, he's still around fourteens on the exchange. He's uh, the angle there is obviously the switch from from Paul Nichols to Willie Mullins. Uh, he's got a lot of back form to go on. He's got a horse of a really good mark. Now Nichols thought this horse was a a two miler all over, um, but you know Mullins is probably. Um, you know, he's, he's got notoriously kind of like deep testing gallops, isn't he? So if he can instill some st- more stamina into this horse, then I think that's obviously a plus. And, and anyway, he was running, he ran perfectly well over two mile four before the, the you know, the, the, the petrol ran dry two furlongs at, uh, at Ascot. So I'm not worried about that. I think he's very well handicapped. And I've taken, uh, I backed a horse at hundreds uh, in here. Uh, earlier on the day and there's 100 still knocking about and he's 100 and he's over 100 on the exchange win only and that's Mollywood now I don't know what they were doing with this horse at Doncaster last time because it's normally a hold up horse comes late they went from the front finished tailed off last of 10 now um, Dylan Cooner who I'd never heard of until I looked at the name behind uh, by Mollywood's name apparently he's a grade one winning training South Africa he's come over here wow this horse ran a really good debut for him when fourth in the Shergar Cup. Uh, it was only a length behind Going Gone. It was dead heated with Ireland Brave that day in fourth. Now, obviously, Going Gone's won since and obviously comes here. Uh, Ireland Brave actually won next time. And you just go back and have a look at this horse's runs for Marco Botti. Now, you know, he's he's he's, he's a two-mile winner, but he's, he seems to be crying out for a further trip. He's well handicapped as well. He's off the same mark as when winning for Botti. Uh, at Kempton over two miles when he came late uh, back in uh, that was back in January. It's just he's just not he's just not um, he's just not a hundred of one poke now. Wow. The, we haven't got much form to go on, but there's first time cheap pieces here. That's by the bike because you know he's not from Norton. The cheap pieces over here never used them before. But I went and had a look. I always try to find some reason for why the heck he would would work or may improve. And um, the Mollywood's Dam ran her best race in first-time cheap pieces. So, oh, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm very look. If you forgive the last run, you got a, you got a much better chance than 100 to one. Story. We're of a very forgiving mentality on this podcast. We're happy Especially to forgive the last run. Run, but it's a hold-up horse. So I don't know what they were doing last time. 100 to one shout. Well, from you, know, you can understand it if they think they were going to get dropped a few pounds, but it's an early closer, so there's no need. Yeah. Okay, well, Dan, who do you fancy in it then? Um, a horse instinctively, I'm not sure he's got the class to win a says, but if ever there's something in this field, uh, Tony's mentioned Mollywood, who will definitely stay the trip. It's called my bluff. All he does is gallop, plods on at the same pace. He's about four lengths down entering the straight at Chester and he just failed. You know, he's strong at the finish of every one of his races and others who are classier than him may just have got away We've got five places to go at, and I was surprised to see he was 20s, his second top on time form ratings, and I thought that was too big. He's a solid horse. Top, um, top is evaluation, I think, and horse with no names third, but with a P from off the top of my head. With a P. Um, Kevin, then finally over to you for the says, as Dan puts it, much better than saying its full name and crucifying it like most people do. Who do you fancy? <laughs> Um, so look, like no one else has really mentioned him, so I better give a small spiel about a run for Oscar, um, Charles Burns. 
um, because he he could be chucked in, couldn't he? He's priced the he's priced accordingly. Hey, that was ridiculous. It really he was. really could be chucked in this horse. Um, you know, he, he's got him handicapped on the flat in, in a perfectly legitimate way. He went and won his maiden, in fairness. Um, and he's just shown like relentless improvement over hurdles, looked very well handicapped for his return to the flat. And uh, Haydock, like heavily backed, kind of he kind of came on run, run, run to run this season. And Haydock, he just bolted up. Um, and I'd say he, he was off a mark of 82 there. And you know, these lads think about these things now that would have put him kind of historically on the borderline of getting into this race or not. And um, so they, they duly went and won. They were talking about the Cesaro, which rather than the Irish Cesaro, which um, even at that point. So uh, fair to say this has very much been the plan. Um, look, David Egan's booked a ride. He's short. But if he goes and wins well, it's not going to be a surprise to anyone. But look, Vanessa, the man you wanted on your side in this race in recent years is Willem Mullins, of course. Um, right. He looked the Irish Cesaro, which has probably taken a, a fair few runners from this, from our side of the Irish Sea. But um, yeah, working out which one of Willie's is the one um, has been a challenge over the years um, I, I've to get out the old self backslap I've, I've made a decent fist of it in recent times uh, I think I had it down to Gibraltar and Baby Zeus uh, I think I'm going to side with Baby Zeus um, okay. uh, Calvin brought out a wonderful bit of, bit of pedigree um, insight there uh, Baby Zeus is a full brother to Lagos to Vegas who was third in this race before mm. winning the Ascot Stakes um, like it's just a ridiculously stamina laden um, pedigree like the, uh, all of them stay basically um, Joseph as a, as a half brother at the minute called Magellan Strait who'll be he'll be appearing in races like this in due course and is a smart horse himself um, and so I, I, while he's untried at this sort of extreme distance on the flat, I suspect he'll be perfectly fine. He's shaped well the last twice, hitting the line well over a mile four, mile five in good handicaps. Look, he, he's maybe a bit more exposed than you like for one of Willie's in this. Like Gibraltar is a little bit less exposed and you can maybe make a better case for him in handicapping terms. But I just think the overall package with Baby Zeus is, is appealing. Um, William Buick takes the ride. And yeah, I'm, I'm marginally favouring him over Gibraltar at the minute. Yeah, he was, he was very well. It was 30. I know we've lost Waterloo, Villa and Adagio, the latter in you know, tragic circumstances. But yeah, Baby Zeus has been well back. He was 33 to 1 a couple of days ago. And he's, uh, I think he's now at about 14s and 12. So there's might been money for Baby Zeus. Okay, so we can trust Kevin Blake as the Irish on this podcast to tip up the Irish horses. That's exactly what he's done. Uh, let's win move most up. of the time, Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> four, 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 four out of the last five. Something like that. And then Rob last year. Oh, I was sick of burning victory. Got Absolutely beat last Rob. year. Come on. Uh, let's move on. A quick rattle through three races at York, Tony. Uh, the 205 is the Rockingham for the two-year-olds. Alpha Capture is at the top of the market for that man again. William Haggis, six to four. Bolt Action, who's already got a mention on this podcast. Such a solid yardstick at seven to two next best. Who do you fancy in the Rockingham, TC? Uh, last time I looked, he was a two-year-old race. Move on. Um <laughs> Anybody else got an opinion in that race? No, I've no. got I've got uh, notes of no Dan, no Kevin, and I'll just and, add and in no, no Tony. And no so that's, that's second, great. The second race at York on the box. Um, it's a six-runner race, so that's really fascinating. And one of those, what's the story, is ended up on Friday. So expect that to be five runners. Uh, nothing doing there. but And, and then we got left with an easy 22-runner, six-furlong handicap. Now... I'm still to uh, still tossing up whether to um, have a bet in this race, but I thought 
Kiss the Sub is top price at 33 to 1 with a sports book. Now, this horse is, was rated 106 after finishing second in the gym crack last year. They gilded it two starts ago, and it hasn't run that badly uh, since then. But he's down to a mark at 96 now. So I, I wasn't going to have a go at this race, but Giza Sub at 33s is probably a bit too big for me to ignore. And of course, Dusky Lord did the business for us last time. Um, was w- was winning from the halfway stage that day, and he's gone mm-hmm. up nine pounds. And you know, I think that's a very fair. I think that's a very fair sevens poke uh, at the top of the market. But uh, Giza Sub at 33s is probably the pick of the market. I haven't decided where I'm going to back him or tip him yet, but. If I am going to, it will be gives a sub. Okay, that's in the 315 the sprint trophy over the six furlongs, paying the additional places as well. Dan, is this a race that you did have a view in or not? I've yeah, just, okay. I mean, you're literally just uh, only only sort of committing to half the races on this podcast. But anyway, we're allowing you away with <laughs> absolute it. Absolute lie. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what a lie that was. Um, old pal Bielsa. Remember him doing yes, the damage sir. in the Ego Cup last season? But the handicap was really cutting some slack. He was, his best run of the season, arguably, given the competitiveness of the race. He was seventh at York, beating about three lengths off 102. He now finds himself down to Mark in the mid-90s. Uh, he won the Air Gold Cup off 98. Stall nine's not a bad one. All Ooh. year at York, you've really wanted to be middle to low, haven't you? Preferably towards the low side. I think things did, did flip slightly. At last couple of meetings, but I'm still com- comfortable enough with that. And he was 16. You know, you think you've got a price, you know, 16 chance here. That'll go down well. And TC's already tipped something that's 33s. Yeah, but yours might win, mine won't. Yeah, <laughs> look, we come, we, come, we come to TC for the master prices and we come to Dan for Friends Reunited. And we come to you, Kevin, for the Irish. First time being as well, isn't it? And we come to Vanessa just so we can look at her dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about this actually. She just jumped up on my lap because I've been away in Newmarket. She's been very needy. She's been very needy since Why I returned. Why did you just have a pop at Dan for? That was that was a bang out of order. Was it? Was it? We've got a friendly podcast here. We don't slag anybody off. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on let's move on Tetchy, thin eyes Kevin Blake I won't go there. Do, I won't go don't there. go there Kevin Blake do you have oh the dog is leaving do you have a view on the sprint trophy before we leave no absolutely okay so that's it that's it we are done it's naps times guys um, TC you have tipped up I think the shortest price horse you've tipped up is about 16 to 1 or 20s so what is your nap of Friday Saturday please I'm spreading the number of horses uh, horses my my tips beat are about 6 to 8 in about the 12 <laughs> um, I I'm going to have my biggest bet and I'll, and I'll probably keep on chipping around the exchange Berkshire Rebel on the Friday in the uh, in that good middle distance handicap uh, win only, Berkshire Rebel. Win only, Berkshire Rebel. Okay, on the Friday, that is your nap. Uh, Dan, you next. What's your nap? Uh, present and counting, please. Stick to what I know best, Persian War. God, I'm just so surprised to go for um, post-impressionist. Oh, has anyway. been done in a photo here, I tell you. <laughs> it's fair, it's fair. And Kevin, what's your nap, please? Crystallium in the oh-so-sharp stakes. Win only, please. Okay, and I'll go win only on Chaldean in the Dewhurst, please. 
that is naps done and dusted look um hope you've enjoyed the episode everyone that was our 200th episode of racing any better as always it's thank you for being with us along the way 200 and here's the next 200 we appreciate the support hopefully we can continue to provide you with some good content actually i can't confirm it's been good content up until this point but some winners along the way as well and in the meantime have a good weekend join us back on monday for weighed in and don't forget to gamble responsibly Thank you.